with the states this term potentially um, looking at spending hundreds of millions of pounds on harbours, on schools, on lots of other infrastructure, with the potential advent of cabinet-style government, which we've heard mentioned, and also um, the introduction of political parties, I personally feel that more than ever we need a full freedom of information law. Welcome to the Bailiwick Express podcast. My name is Aaron Carpenter. Each week we'll shine a light on topics from across the Bailiwick. The format will change from week to week. We'll have debates, reviews, hot seat interviews and special guests. So stick with us as we tackle some of the most important issues we face in the Bailiwick. Cost and the unlikelihood of either legal or political priority have been given as reasons not to introduce a full freedom of information law. The Scrutiny Management Committee has instead suggested a model that would expect but not compel the states to answer valid requests for public information. I sat down with Scrutiny President Deputy Yvonne Burford and Scrutiny Committee Member Deputy Simon Fairclough to discuss why they had diverged from their predecessors' recommendations and what it is that they are proposing. In the last term, the then Scrutiny Management Committee completed a review into freedom of information and they they, they published um, this review last August. And in the normal way of things, it it contains recommendations, but there's no direction for anyone in particular to to do anything with those recommendations. That's how, how, how these reports are. And we felt, coming in as a new committee, that we didn't just think that that work should be left on the shelf. And so we decided to present it to the states, uh, together with a very brief, I think it's just five-page covering policy letter, and three different options on which to vote. Now, it's fair to say that the previous committee concluded that a full freedom of information law with the attendant costs and legislation should be introduced. However, our committee, in reviewing um, the report and setting it in the context of where we are with COVID, with Brexit and with the government work plan, felt that should that be passed by the states, the likelihood of legislation appearing anywhere near the top of the priority list with everything else going on this term was pretty remote and and also the desire perhaps to even spend money um, is, is not going to be strong. And so the majority view of the panel, um, not the panel, the, uh, the committee, was that in that case we, we could do all that and we wouldn't be any further ahead. So what we've decided to do is go for an interim option because the biggest criticism of freedom of information uh, as it stands now under the access to public information, which is the, the regime we have at the moment where people can ask for information from the states. The biggest criticism is that there's no independent right of appeal. You can appeal back to the states, but you're essentially, in rough terms, asking the same people who've already refused. So we felt that we could, as a scrutiny management committee, oversee the introduction of uh, a panel made from voluntary members selected you know, for their suitability for the role, Uh, to actually be an independent appeals mechanism. Now, if that mechanism, um, someone appeals to and the panel says, yes, something should be released that's been refused, then the committee will be asked to release it. They can refuse and uh, because there's no statutory backing to this, and that is, I think, perhaps the flaw that Simon will come on to when he talks about it. But what we felt was that this is something that is going to be uh, no cost to it. It's going to be um, done this year 
and it will be available and moreover the scrutiny management committee will monitor if there are any refusals against an appeal and so if there are there and that becomes a common theme we can still then come with another policy letter and say okay we've tried this we want to move to full FOI but I actually feel pretty confident that, that this will actually be a significant improvement and I certainly think on the basis of how quickly it can come in and the fact that it won't cost anything that it is absolutely the pragmatic way to go for where we are at the moment. So you've touched on the fact that um, committees or departments will be expected to provide information if the panel rules in favour of the, the person requesting the information. They won't be compelled to do that. Um, Deputy Fairclough, do you think that that is a, a flaw which requires something that is set down in law? Well, the panel that went out and did this work and, and did some very good work, I might add, the previous uh, members of the Scrutiny Management Committee, uh, conducted uh, this um, this review uh, and I would urge people actually including uh, fellow states members to read that review because a lot of work went into it and, and as Yvonne has said we're very keen as a committee that this comes back before the states this term. Now one of the, the findings of that panel uh, I think when it set out it, it didn't know what it was going to end up recommending but one of the findings was that for any appeals process to be uh, independent, it requires a, st a statutory framework, in other words, a, a full FOI law for Guernsey. And that's one of the reasons, as, as uh, Yvonne's already suggested, that I favour a full FOI system. But, you know, the committee has sat down, I'm in a minority, uh, the committee has sat down, had a number of discussions about this, and presented um, the three options that are before states members. Uh, and if the states, by a majority, don't go for a full FOI law, then I will certainly be backing the, the option that uh, Yvonne and my other three colleagues on scrutiny are putting forward. I think one thing that is evident is that you both agree on the fact that there needs to be a states debate on this, um, but also that there needs to be improvements made to the current code of information. So what are the, the limitations currently? I think the biggest limitation is the absence of um, the independent appeal because I think, you know, it's quite quite understandably people aren't confident if they're simply in round terms asking the same question again or to, you know, to the same organisation. So it will be taken out into an independent panel recruited just for that purpose. And I think, you know, I, I fully understand where Simon is coming from and I'm not um, in any way disagreeing with him where I'm coming from is very much that I think that we could have the victory perhaps and I, I actually don't think it would get through the states but assuming that full FOI law was to get through the states I think what would happen is nothing I think it would never receive it would need a full policy letter and uh, resources from PNR to start with because there's still more work to be done before a law could come in and I don't see PNR prioritising that with everything else that's going on. It would also need, um, if that then came back to the States, it would then need to go for legislation. I really struggle to see that legislation getting anywhere near the top of the priority list again with everything else that we, we've got, go, got going on in this sort of, you know, period that we're in. And so I think what would happen actually is we would just be left with the API system as, it's, as it stands. So I think that, you know, by going through this intermediate phase, if you like, 
we can have an improvement to that system with an independent appeals panel. We'll also be sort of renaming it Freedom of Inf Information Code because I think most people, if you stop them in the street and say, what's the access to public information code? Well, quite probably, understandably, look at you quite blankly. So I think, you know, we're going to give it a little bit more prominence um, so people are aware it exists and what they can do. We can monitor the timescales in which things are being released in. And it's kind of, you know, it's sitting with scrutiny, which is obviously part of government, but it's at one remove. So I think um, all of these things will take it in the right direction. And then if evidence shows over a period of a couple of years or so that actually committees are refusing to comply with a decision from the independent appeals panel, then I think that we would very much feel that we may want to revisit it and perhaps push for the full FOI law. If legislative drafting is an issue for this policy letter, sure, it's an issue for any other policy letter as well. I think it's an issue for every single policy letter, and I think you're absolutely right. But what is um, done is that there will be prioritisation. And if you're talking COVID, Brexit, recovery or FOI, you can see why it might not make its way up the pecking order. Is there an argument as well that the importance of all that work, uh, the COVID economic recovery, the need for transparency and accountability within the states is greater? I would certainly argue that it is. I mean, you, the other thing you haven't mentioned there, Aaron, is the government work plan, which at the moment is driving a lot of thoughts about what the priorities are going to be this term. We're, we're still in the middle of that, and that will be debated by the, the, the states in July. But I personally feel that there's currently more political engagement in the island than there has been for a very long time. I think we saw the numbers at the election. Uh, we're seeing the number of API requests coming through the states. And again, you know, people might be interested to have a look at those on the gov.gg website. A anyone can go there and see the types of questions that have been asked, uh, the answers that have, been, that have been given. Sometimes, in my opinion, they aren't fulsome answers. Uh, you know, the person asking the question doesn't get the answers to the question. And that's why we need an appeal process. I think whatever else happens but the numbers are increasing there are an increasing number of requests there is greater engagement as you've said and also with the states this term potentially um, looking at spending hundreds of millions of pounds on harbours on schools um, on lots of other infrastructure with the potential um, advent of cabinet style government which we've heard mentioned and also um, the introduction of political parties I personally feel that more than ever we need a full freedom of information law and I'll be making these points and others obviously when we have the states debate on this. What I think it's important to say is that uh, the committee has brought this before the states and ultimately of course it will be for states members to decide. I mean you might be quite surprised that I don't really disagree with anything that Simon has just said. I think what we disagree with is the, the route to the destination and um, I certainly think that um, we're coming, the rest of the committee are perhaps coming from the idea of the art of the possible. And so therefore, we really feel that this, as a, with an independent appeals panel, is going to um, concentrate committees' minds if they ask them for something, ask for something to be released. And I think that, you know, in, in fairly short order, we will know whether this is going to do what it needs to do. But, I mean, as Simon and I have discussed before, we, we think that in due course, FOI is perhaps the logical destination. But I, I'd rather not just be parked in the station for all the time before it takes to get there. Do you think Guernsey might be lagging behind when we look at the other Crown dependencies? Jersey introduced an FOI law. The Isle of Man has an FOI law. That was part of the review that your predecessor committee 
um, looked at. Do you think looking at Guernsey from the outside, the absence of an FOI law perhaps doesn't strike the best appearance? I'm bound to say yes, aren't I? Also, as you probably know, um, and, and as those listening might know, I've worked as a journalist, so I've, I've seen things from, from that side uh, of things as well. I, uh, Although Jersey and, and, and the Island Man have taken a different approach to Guernsey on this, um, those, those systems aren't without their cost. And I actually think, and, and I, I say this really on every subject that I talk about, I don't think that it's necessarily helpful to compare ourselves with Jersey and the Isle of Man. We tend to do it when it suits us to do so. But for me, I want a system that works for the bailiwick of Guernsey, uh, not for Jersey or the Isle of Man. And, and I think that even if we don't go for a full FOI law uh, and we go for, for the second option, which is that favoured by the majority of the committee members, we are moving in the right direction. Uh, I think Yvonne's absolutely right. One day we will have a full FOI law. It's just a question of how long that's going to take. I would like to see it uh, given um, you know, greater priority, but we've got to be pragmatic and realistic. We're living in very, very difficult times and trying to justify this ahead of lots of other things that are going on is difficult, but as you've already heard, I think it's very important. If we took the likelihood of legislative drafting and cost out of the equation for a moment, why would you introduce an FOI law? I think that, um, again, going back to the conclusions of this panel, which I think you've got to keep looking at, it concluded that a full FOI law was an essential and integral part of the scrutiny of government. And I've already explained why I think the scrutiny of government, particularly uh, during the times in which we're living, is, is more important than ever. It's one of the reasons I joined the scrutiny panel. Um, I want um, people to have that confidence in, in the states of Guernsey and the way it's done things. I think during the recent pandemic, we've seen the advantages of the states being um, communicative, open and transparent in the way that it uh, explains things to people. And I think there's a real opportunity here for the states to improve that dialogue and the relationship between um, the states of Guernsey and the people of Guernsey. I think the fundamental difference between what the majority of the committee are proposing with an independent appeals panel and a full FOI law is the legal backing to force something to be released at the end of the day. Now we don't know at this stage with an independent appeals panel how often a committee will refuse to do what the panel instructs, that well not instructs because they don't have that power, but what the panel um, asks them to do. And I think until we know that it's more difficult to go forward because I think that would actually be a valuable piece of information and we could find out that actually with, with a with a you know a really good panel who um, engendered confidence that we could find that we don't have pushback against any of those situations so I think you know and, and if that is the case then we will have arrived at um, you know I'm not a great fan of compromises generally but we will have arrived at quite a good compromise where we have something which doesn't essentially cost any more money, but actually gives confidence to the system we already have. And are you not concerned that for the scrutiny committee to be saying that that is, a, is, is an adequate option might give the, the impression that public confidence is not something that's worth investment from the states? I think public confidence is worth huge investments. In fact, it, it was a, a point that I um, reiterated in my speech for the presidency of the committee, that the relationship between government and public really needs to be paramount because that leads to all sorts of very positive things when it is. 
Um, but I actually think that with this, we will see, we're taking it forward, we will see what effect that has, and we are already committed that if it is not giving us the level of openness and transparency that we need, we will come back with the next stage, uh, with the next stage. And that is something that Simon and I are agreed on and that I will emphasise in the States Assembly during the debate. Yeah, and you know the reason we're sitting here today, just uh, as soon as we possibly could after the release of this policy letter, is to get this out into the public domain, to encourage debate on the issue. I know there's a lot of other things going on at the moment, but as I've already said, um, if people can take the time to have a look at this report and its findings, uh, and indeed have a look at the access to public information requests that come through the states, that will help give them a better understanding of the system. We want to, you know, prompt a debate on this so that, you know, it can be debated and discussed by the public ahead of the state's debate next month. And if we just touch on it before we finish, actually, what would be the cost of an FOI law if the states were to desire to go down that route? Well, that's something that um, PNR will have to decide if, if the vote is for that, that they will go away and do that work. Um, some work was done for the review and it's all in there for people to read. Um, it, is, it is a very wide figure because there's lots of ways it can be done. There's lots of things to take into account, whether, you know, how much you're already spending. So some sort of defrayed costs because, you know, you don't have to spend them again. So uh, it varies wildly. And we there's an implementation cost and then there's an annual running cost. And that's linked to the number of requests there are. That's not very predictable. If it becomes much more public, more people might use it. So it's impossible to say, and it needs really drilling down into, but, you know, we've had figures that start as low as 200,000 and go up to 2 million. So it is, you know, it's by no means fixed, but it, it is not an insignificant sum of money. I think that you've got to ask yourself the question, what are current regime costs? And sitting here now, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think the States has ever published how much it costs the states to to answer the increasing number of API requests that are coming in. You know, it was, I think it was 60 last year. But, uh, I mean, many of the costs that we're talking about are already being borne by the states uh, in dealing with API requests. So, so this isn't a figure from zero, we're now going to go up to this figure. We're already spending a significant amount of money. And depending on the number of requests that come through, and only time will tell how that will play itself out, uh, you know, we will then find out how much more money we need to deliver something which delivers effective scrutiny within the states of Guernsey. And senior staff time as well, I believe Colin Vodin, the Chief Information Officer, is the main data controller for the states of Guernsey, Deputy mm-hmm. Burford. Yeah, no, that's correct. I, but just following on from what Simon was saying, one of the suggestions um, previously had been that this could sit with the Office of the Data Protection Authority. Now, you know, it, I think it stands to reason that if that's the case, then there would be staff that would be employed to deal with that and the appeals part of it and the statutory part of it. And, you know, th- those organisations with the best will in the world will see an increased cost. So even though we've got some costs already, it, it's it's inconceivable that it wouldn't cost more to actually go down the, the route of freedom of information. So the cost of running the current regime was never touched upon in either the previous report or in any previous state's debate? Not that, not that I'm aware of, um, and I'm hoping that when we get to a states debate, we might have a figure uh, to give us some indication as to what this costs the states currently. So, as you've already suggested yourself, a lot of senior senior uh, staff time 
is taken up on um, API requests and uh, you you can't ignore that fact uh, and also as you probably know um, Aaron you know the states I don't know the exact figures on this but are probably employing more um, people working in comms now than they ever have done before what is the cost of that um, could some of that time be freed up these are all questions that that need to be answered moving forward and you know even if the states decide to go down the full FOI um, law route uh, then there is still more work to do and uh, you know that much is clear I think what it's really important to remind people of is the fact that as Yvonne has already said this work was done by the previous panel um, we're very keen that it comes back before states members that, that all of that that good work isn't wasted and we we test uh, the current assembly uh, and their appetite for a full FOI law and, and I look forward to a you know, a full debate on the issue and and, uh, and welcome anybody's views on it. Yeah, I mean, to set it in context, currently there's about one request a week and, it, you know, it will um, impinge on a particular committee and, you know, generally this, um, a member of staff in that committee will look to address it. Some of them are quite straightforward and probably take you know, half an hour, an hour of looking up um, information. Uh, others may take a little longer. And then obviously there's this path through the chief information officer. So, so you know, that that's kind of, in terms of cost, that's sort of the work that load that's involved at the moment. And just before just before we finish, I'd like to touch a little bit more on the um, on what we spoke about earlier about legislative drafting and the work that's done by the law officers. I believe a couple of years ago there was a push for more resources to employ more law officers. The current states issued a battle cry at the start of this term for action this day. How is action going to be undertaken by this states as a whole if there aren't the resources to actually get stuff done in St James's Chambers? I think that's a, that's a wider question than 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 FOI to be honest with you, Aaron. But I do think that we need to to wait await the outcome of what happens in the next month or two and the government work plan and the priorities that are put forward. We have heard that you know the states are in a very difficult financial position. Um, as you probably know, there's a tax review going on, a financial, a sort of fiscal review, uh, and there is work going on towards the government work plan, which will be debated in July. I think all of these things have to be brought together, and we'll have a much clearer view in the months to come of the resources that we have and the priorities that we want to meet. But it's probably too early to, to, to answer your question and whether or not more funds could be directed towards employing um, more le- legislation uh, resources. Thank you for listening to the Bailiwick Express podcast. The title track was Shift My Weight by Luna. If you enjoyed it, please like and share. You can find us online, on social, on email and internet radio. There'll be more from me, Aaron Carpenter, and the rest of the Bailiwick Express news team next week.